0: Today is Sunday, it's the tenth of February, two
1: thousand nineteen.
0: In this international meta meditation retreat. This is the second retreat, the second group and today is the second day.
1: <laughs>
0: As it is only the beginning of this, the retreat or the practice so Maybe or maybe not you have experienced the taste of metta, maybe not. However, you do not need to worry if you have not experienced the taste of metta. If you continue, the, if you continue your practice of cultivating metta, then eventually you will be able uh, to experience the taste of metta, you will be able to experience the peacefulness of metta. Amen. Yesterday, Sayadaw explained with which kind of person we should uh, start the meta practice. Today, Sayadaw will explain with which kind of person one should not start one's metta meditation
1: practice.
0: (inaudible) The first kind of person one should not start one's metta practice with is a neutral person, a person one neither likes nor dislikes. Because a neutral person is a person we do not know we do not know well, and so this uh, may make it difficult to let the quality of metta arise, to experience the feeling of metta. Um, but that's why one should not take such a person at the outset of one's practice.
1: Then, uh, then,
0: But therefore, you should not take a neutral person at the start of your meta practice. Then the second kind of person one should not start the meta practice with is a very dear person. Because with such a person, um, a very dear person, um, attachment, desire, lust uh, may arise. If one takes a very dear person at the outset of one's metta practice, then instead of metta, loving kindness, attachment, desire, or lust uh, is most likely to arise in one's mind, in one's heart. That's why one should not take a very dear person at the outset of one's metta practice. Then the third kind of person who should not be the object at the beginning of one's metta meditation is a person one hates. If one takes such a person, a person one hates, then instead of metta, eh, most likely there will arise anger, aversion, all kinds of dosa on account um, of the reason why one hates this person. Then the fourth kind of person one should not take at the outset of one's metta meditation practice is an enemy, because if one takes an enemy, a person who has harmed oneself in one way or another, then again because one has been one has been harmed, um, there might arise. Aversion, hatred, feelings of ill will, and so on. And so, any form of dosa will arise in the mind and not metta. That's why, at the beginning of one's metta practice, one should not take an enemy. However, once once metta has become really powerful and strong, at such a time it is possible to cultivate metta for such a person, for an enemy. Then some other points to be careful of to note there are other kinds of persons one uh, should not take as the object. So persons of the opposite sex should not be are the object of one's meta meditation in the beginning. Because lust, desire, or attachment may arise. In regard to this point, there is an example in the scriptures about a son, uh, the, a man who was the son of a minister. It was in Sri Lanka, and this man, this son... Um, had the habit of practicing metta meditation, or he was interested in metta meditation. However, he did not know um, how to practice metta, how to begin with his metta practice. Then one day when a monk came, uh, when a monk went on alms round and was in front of his house, he went to the monk and asked, uh, Sayadaw, please can you tell me how to practice metta? And this monk, he replied, Ah, for the practice of metta-meditation, cultivate loving-kindness for the person who is most dear to you. So then the the man who was the son of a minister, he reflected who the most the dearest person was, and uh, he found that it was his wife. So then uh, he took up the Uposata precepts. And then he started to cultivate metta for his wife, um, wishing, may my wife be well, happy, and peaceful. May my wife be well, happy, and peaceful.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So then in the evening, his wife said (coughs) to her husband, um, So today you have taken up the Uposatha precepts, also I have taken up the Uposatha precepts, so therefore um, let's sleep in a different room. I sleep over in this room, and you sleep in that room. Then, so then in the evening, the, the man continued with his metta practice, still cultivating metta for his wife. May my wife be well, happy, and peaceful. May my wife be well, happy, and peaceful. Doing this uh, also when he was lying on his bed. And Then, as he was uh, doing the meta, a mental image of his wife appeared in his mind, and with that, uh, lust and desire arose in his mind. So, first of all, um, he tried to continue with his metta practice, but then again, um, desire and lust arose again, and it was becoming very strong. And so, finally, he got up and he wanted to go to the room where his wife was. So he was comp- un- unable to, to continue or to, uh, to, s- to sleep at that night. So he went uh, to the room where his wife was and he knocked on her door. When he had knocked on the door, um, The door wasn't opened, and he thought maybe she has fallen asleep. But he continued to knock on the door, and as she didn't open the door, finally he even started to bang his head on the door. So when cultivating Metta one should be careful about this point. So if one would do it in this way one uh, might one, one's head might split in part. That's why one should rather cultivate meta for one's teachers. So, this story was given as an example to illustrate the point that at the outset of one's meta practice, one should not cultivate metta for a very dear person and one should not cultivate metta to a person of the opposite sex. Then in the Visuddhimaka um, something else was mentioned namely Persons to whom one never should cultivate metaphor. And who is that? A person who has died. It is said that if one cultivates metta for a person who has died, uh, cultivating metta for a corpse, uh, that this would not uh, lead to samadhi, that with this one would not be able to establish concentration, samadhi. So please remember, one should not cultivate metta for a person who has died, um, as this will not lead to the metta samadhi. It would not lead to the concentration based on the metta practice. And also here, there is a story in the Visuddhimagga to illustrate this point. There was one monk who was cultivating metta and he was developing loving kindness for his preceptor.
1: <laughs>
0: he was cultivating metta for his preceptor, his teacher, cultivating it. May my teacher be well, happy, and peaceful. May my teacher be well, happy, and peaceful. But uh, he was not able to establish any concentration. Although he practiced for many days, uh, the Metta Samadhi did not arise. Um. so he was reflecting now I have been cultivating metta for quite some time I have been practicing quite diligently but still the same Um, I have not been able to establish any concentration with this metta practice why is that? and so with that he went to see a monk in a nearby monastery. So he went to this monk, this Sayadaw, and he asked him Sayadaw, I have been cultivating metta for quite many days already, but uh, there is no metta samadhi, no concentration based on this metta practice. Why is this so? And then the Saiyato asked, um, Bhante, for whom have you been cultivating metta? And the monk said, I have been cultivating Metta for my teacher. And then the Sayadaw said, Well, uh, Bante, go and do, uh, do some inquiries about your teacher. So then the monk made inquiries in regard to his teacher, and he had found out that his teacher had died. So the monk went back to that Sayadaw and told him that his teacher had died. And then the Sayadaw said, Well, yes, um, one one should not cultivate metta for a person who has died because if one does so, one is not able to get any metta samadhi, any concentration based on the metta practice. That's why uh, one should not take a person who has died as the object uh, for one's metta-meditation. So one should not take that person at the outset of one's metta-practice, but one should also not take a dead person uh, later on in one's
1: metta-practice.
0: Then, with what kind of person should one start one's metta-practice? Yesterday, in his talk, Sayadaw explained with which person one should start and he explained also the sequence of persons one goes through. First of all, cultivating metta for oneself. One starts to cultivate meta for oneself, to uh, feel empathetic with oneself, to understand that nature. However, it is said that with oneself as the object for one's meta practice, one is not able to attain the jhana. <laughs>
1: see I do. and So one begins
0: to cultivate metta for oneself by wishing oneself may I be well, happy and peaceful may I be well, happy and peaceful and by doing so one comes to see and to really understand that there is this deep-seated wish in oneself to be healthy, to be well, happy and peaceful and with this one understands that In the same way as I want to be well, happy, and peaceful, others also want to be well, happy, and peaceful. So once one comes to understand this um, and has this compassionate attitude, then uh, one one switches to another uh, person
1: so then
0: so then after having established this um, empathetic uh, this one once one has established this empathy then one goes to the next category a respected person, or a person one admires, or a benefactor. So then one cultivates loving-kindness for this respected person, for a benefactor, and for how long should one cultivate the metta for this person? One should do it until one attains the jhana, the absorption. So one should uh, cultivate metta for this person, the benefactor, until one attains the jhana. So then people ask, well, how long will it take to attain the jhana? Of course, um, one cannot indicate any amount of time because this is different for each person. It depends on the person's parami, perfections, and it depends on one's effort and diligence in one's
1: practice
0: so for example people who have uh, practiced cultivated metta in previous existences for these people then in this existence cultivating when cultivating metta they will quickly attain the jhana. And also um, people who in this existence have cultivated meta in the previous months or in the previous year years, also these kinds of persons will quickly attain the chanas. And But for persons who have not cultivated metta neither in previous months or years of this existence, neither in previous existences, for these kinds of persons, it takes uh, longer to attain the jhana. And also for persons who have a lot of dosa, anger, aversion, ill will for these persons it also takes a long time to attain the jhana takes a long time to um, to let the metta uh, arise in one's heart and mind
1: persons with
0: Little dosa, little anger, aversion, ill will, and so on, uh, for them it will be faster to attain the metta jhana, faster to let the metta mind arise. Um, And also for people who practice um, who practice superficially, lazily, for them it will take a long time to attain the metta jhana, it will take a long time for the metta to arise in the heart and mind.
1: Mm-hmm. For
0: people who are practicing diligently and carefully, for them it is faster that the metta-chāna arises and that the uh, metta quality arises in the heart and the mind. (inaudible) So, whether one attains the jhanas quickly or not, whether it takes a long time or not, there is a reason for this. So then, When one has been able to attain the metta jhana by cultivating metta for a respected person or for a benefactor, then one can change to the next category that is a dear person or a close friend. And when one has been able to attain the metta jhana by cultivating metta for a dear person or a close friend, then one changes to the next category, that is cultivating metta for a neutral person, a person one neither loves nor hates. And when one is able to attain the metta jhana by cultivating metta for a neutral person, then one can change to the next category that is to cultivate metta for a person one hates. (coughs) And then finally, one can cultivate metta for all living beings. So this is the sequence for cultivating metta. When one is practicing metta meditation, one should also reflect on the shortcomings and faults of dosa. Anger, aversion, ill will, hatred, and one should also reflect on the benefits of metta, loving kindness, friendliness. Well, everybody knows that uh, metta is good and dosa is bad. But in which way is metta good and in which way is dosa bad or not good, these people may not know. (inaudible) So Sido will explain this. (inaudible) So when one cultivates loving-kindness, When one lives with metta, one is able to fall asleep happily. People who have a lot of dosa, when they go to bed, uh, they are not able to fall asleep happily. So, when people with a lot of dosa or when dosa is present when they go to bed, they cannot fall asleep and they toss around in the bed, and they may spend the whole night lying in bed, overcome with dosa, not being able to sleep. And another benefit is that um, people with metta, then um, when they sleep, they have good dreams, they have nice dreams, beautiful dreams. People with a lot of dosa, if they fall asleep, then they have bad dreams, they have nightmares.
1: The <San-touching> Rudyavako <San-touching>
0: So those are people have bad dreams, have nightmares, uh, they may dream of ghosts, demons uh, following them. they may dream of being bitten by a snake or bitten by dogs and tigers, other wild animals, or they may dream to fall into a chasm, etc. Then the third benefit of for a meta person is to wake up happily. So when one wakes up, um, one's uh, mind is serene and happy. <laughs> Uh, people with a lot of dosa, when they wake up, then their facial expression is not a nice one and they feel grumpy.
1: <laughs>
0: then, a fourth benefit uh, for a person who lives with metta is that. Um, that person will be loved by other persons. So, whoever that meta person encounters, other people will love such a meta person.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: on the other hand, um, people with a lot of dosa, they are not loved by others other people do not want to stay together with people who have a lot of dosa. So please remember this, if you live with metta, then people will love you. If you live with dosa, people will not love you. And then the fifth benefit a uh, person living with Metta will not only be loved by humans, but such a person will also be loved by the Devas, celestial beings. On the other hand, celestial beings do not love persons with a lot of dosa. <laughs> So, pe- and another benefit is that people living with metta, they will be protected by others, protected by devas. On the other hand, people with a lot of dosa, they will not be protected by other humans, will not be protected by the devas. <laughs> And the seventh benefit: a person living with metta is free uh, from dangers, free from uh, obstacles. On the other hand, a person with a lot of dosa is not free from dangers. Such a person will encounter many uh, obstacles. Then another uh, benefit is a person living with metta can live happily uh, with a serene mind. A person living with dosa uh, cannot live happily. Another benefit is that a metta person uh, has... uh, A metta person is beautiful, looks beautiful, and a dosa person looks ugly. So if you want to be beautiful or handsome, then uh, cultivate metta, then do not have dosa. So if you want to know whether you look beautiful or ugly, look into the mirror, and when you see an ugly face, then um, you can conclude there's a lot of dosa. If you see a beautiful face, then there is uh, metta. A person living with metta, will have a long life. A person having a lot of dosa uh, has a short life. If you want to have a long life, then live with
1: metta.
0: And then a person living with metta Will enjoy good health. A person with a lot of dosa um, will not enjoy good health. So, for example, um, persons with a lot of dosa uh, they more likely suffer from high blood pressure and they also more likely suffer from heart diseases and uh, people who suffer uh, or have a heart disease and if they have a lot of dosa then they might even uh, die on account of that. And then persons living with meta, they can live together harmoniously. With their family, with their friends. On the other hand, persons with a lot of dosa, they cannot live together with their family or not live harmoniously and also not uh, together with their friends or not harmoniously with their friends.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then whatever one does based on metta, um, physical deeds or one's speech, then such a person using metta actions, metta speech will be successful in whatever uh, she or he does. However, if one does one's physical actions and verbal actions with dosa, then such a person will not be successful in their uh, endeavours. And also, if one lives with Metta, then one's material possessions will increase. Living with Dosa, one's material possessions will not increase and if one dies with metta one will be one will be reborn in the brahma realm as a brahma if one dies with dosa one will be re- reborn in the hell realm At one time, Zayedo found a book, and in this book there was a story about somebody, family, whose property was destroyed. it was a Burmese man living in Burma and because um, he had difficulty in getting a job, work, he reflected uh, to go to Malaysia uh, for working. then he decided that he wanted to go uh, to Malaysia for work so he sold his things and with the money he bought uh, a plane ticket to go to Malaysia and he also applied for a visa for Malaysia which he also got And so then, one day, he left to go to Malaysia. So he took a taxi from his home to the airport. (coughs) So then, um, on the street, uh, a narrow street, there was a tri-show. Um, the time for uh, departure was getting nearer, there was not so much time left and because it was a narrow street and the trishaw did not move to the side the car could not pass the (laughs) trishaw so the taxi driver but the tri-shot driver did not give way, did not move to the side so then the man told the taxi driver, please um, press the horn uh, a long time so then the taxi driver uh, pushed down the horn and do. long time, but still the trishaw driver did not move to the side. So then the man who wanted to go to Malaysia, he got upset.
1: He got angry.
0: So then he um, opened the window, leaned out, and uh, shouted to the trishaw te- driver Hey, trishaw driver, uh, don't you hear the horn? I have to go to the airport. Um, please move to the side. So then, the trishaw driver looked back and he saw this angry man, and um, he decided not to give way, but uh, calmly uh, continued on the street. And the man who wanted to go to Malaysia, he was getting so angry that. Uh, he got out of the car, ran up to the trishaw driver and uh, hit him with his fist. And so uh, with this evolved a fight between the man and the trishaw driver. And uh, they were fighting with each other, and the man who wanted to go to Malaysia nearby, he saw a stick, so he grabbed the stick and uh, hit the trishaw driver very hard. And being hit, the tri driver fell down and died. And um, so then within a, sh- within a short time, many people um, came uh, to, to see what was happening. And also the, poli- the police arrived, and so they arrested this man who wanted to go to Malaysia and they put him into prison. So this man wanted to go to Malaysia but he arrived in the prison. Why did he land in the prison? Because of his dosa, of his strong anger. So the Malaysia, the man who wanted to go to Malaysia um, you know he didn't succeed in making good business Um, he lost his material wealth, he landed in the prison and he uh, was imprisoned for 10 years. So that's why we should understand that um, we should understand the shortcomings of
1: Dosan. When
0: you uh, cultivate metta but if dosa arises in your heart in your mind then you should remind yourself um, no dosa no anger uh, this might take me to prison
1: so if
0: on account of somebody else, or what somebody else does or says, if there arises dosa, anger, aversion in your mind, so please remind yourself not to let this anger uh, take place in the mind because this anger might uh, send you to prison. <laughs> So, there are many uh, faults of dosa, many shortcomings of dosa. Dosa uh, leads to all kinds of dukkha, of suffering. (laughs) So, for example, Quarrels and conflicts that arise within a family arise depending on Dosa, or quarrels and conflicts arising between uh, neighbors, they arise based on Dosa. Conflicts, quarrels, wars uh, arising between countries, they arise because of Dosa. So in worldly terms, uh, we call it wars, but in Dhamma terms, it's because of dosa. Because of DOSA, people fight against each other, countries wage wars against each others, and when armed conflicts, wars are happening, people have to run away from where they are living, experiencing a lot of suffering, all on account of DOSA. Because of META, No wars do arise, but wars arise because of dosa. And when when wars arise, they can only mm, come to an end with metta. So in this way, uh, you should understand there are many benefits of metta, loving-kindness. There are many faults and shortcomings of dosa. And so when any form of dosa arises, um, anger, aversion, ill will, hatred, this should be overcome with metta. Therefore, always engage in the practice of metta. So may all of you, by diligently practicing metta, cultivating loving-kindness, be able to become virtuous people and experience all the benefits of metta, loving-kindness.